Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Turpin, and I am your host for At the Edge Think Culture. Um, and so this is an Afrofuturism space, and today we are going to be talking Afrofuturism with Professor Jamil Pollan. Um, he is a uh, visiting assistant professor of art at Colorado College, MFA from Ohio State University. La Ra! got some Ohio State grads at UDC. Um, And the title of your project and the title for today's show is Congo Square, Afrofuturism as a Space of Confrontation. What a fitting title and fitting times. Fitting times. Thank you for for choosing choosing my show to, um, to, to talk to us about your work. How are you, Jamal? How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well today. Thank you. And thank you for, for choosing my project and choosing to talk with me today. Very good. Very good. Um, so I must tell you, we've got people, um, we've got people at, at UDC um, who are originally from New Orleans. Um, President um, okay. Ronald Mason, Jr., um, he is um, he is originally from um, New Orleans, um, as well as our 
person who heads our Title IX office, Evola Bates, um, our VP, our Chief Academic Officer. Um, he's, I don't think he's from New Orleans, but I think he's from somewhere in Louisiana, Mississippi, that, uh, that particular uh, yeah. part of the country. And so we and we have other people as well who are from that part um, of the country. But you have an interesting background as well. Could you share with us a bit about um, mm. how you to this particular project, um, how you ended up doing it at Ohio State, mm. and yeah. how you came to uh, how you came to to bring Afrofuturism um, and um, Congo Square together. Yeah, um, thank you for that setup, um, and and shout out to all the folks uh, from Louisiana at UDC. Hope y'all are doing right well. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, President Mason's probably so listening. That's a shout out to President Mason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he listens. Uh, hope hope to talk to you soon. Um, all right. Yeah, I have a a, a kind of. Uh, interesting route, um, both in my, my personal background and my academic background. Um, I was originally born in Youngstown, Ohio, um, but my father was from New Orleans. His family's from New Orleans, and my mother, she's originally from the uh, Oregon region, but her father's side of the family is from a place called Plaquemine Parish in Louisiana, um, sort of lower in the in that Delta area. Um, And my mother's an academic. Uh, She's a a scholar um, of uh, pretty great uh, note. And as a child, we moved around a lot, um, following her sort of degree and and career path. So I got a chance to live in Atlanta for a period of time, lived in uh, Michigan for a period of time, in Ann Arbor, lived in Madison, Wisconsin. North Carolina, and then we ended up in Columbus, Ohio during my high school years. And though I would leave uh, Columbus to go back to New Orleans um, for my undergraduate years, I went to Xavier University of Louisiana. Um, Columbus sort of became my second home while I was living there. Um, So when I graduated, I moved back. Um, At the time, I was only planning to go back for a year um, and then after which time I would go to uh, Dallas, Texas, um, to the Dominican Brother House um, of the Southern Region. Well, my, my plan at the time was to take vows to be a Dominican monk. Um, but on the, oh, at the behest of my, yeah, at the, at the encouragement of my um, mentor, um, he told me to take a year off for discernment was kind of advising me to, to rethink that ambition. Um, and so it told me to take a year off, and I ended up meeting the, the beautiful black woman who I would end up marrying uh, shortly thereafter. Um, and that changed my, my career plan. Um, so I took a few wow. years off between undergraduate. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can, that was a, beautiful. Yeah, quite, a, quite a change in, <laughs> in ambition. Um, but yeah, so I took several Marriage years off. Marriage is a beautiful. Um, between, that's, that's a that's that's a beautiful reason yeah. to not be just to, to not become a not become a minister or a priest. Marriage. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's, I agree, and I think he was. I think he was right. Um, 
Not yeah. yet, but we're we're planning. Yeah, planning for that really soon. Oh, That's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. So this mm. project, this mm. master's project, how did it come about? Because the direction, yeah. if we're talking about Congo Square and some of the uh, other elements, the African centered elements. That's not that's, yeah. that's not um, that's not in the in, in the in the Christian um, paradigm. You're, 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 so we're talking mm. about a different kind of paradigm. So could you tell us uh, tell yeah. us how you got to where you got to? Yeah, um, thank you for that uh, for that question because I, the way that you frame it relates very strongly to my reasoning for um, creating this project. So being, you know, interested in the Dominican monks, um, one of one of the most influential figures in my life and, and sort of intellectual formation was Father Gustavo Gutierrez, um, who's the founder of Liberation Theology. Um, he's a Peruvian uh, Dominican monk and, and priest who I think he still teaches at Notre Dame, but he may have may have left. Um, so when I entered into grad school, my basic thesis at the time was to integrate Black Lives Matter and liberation theology, and to uh, to basically reveal or to use the language of um, religious painting, history painting, especially paintings of martyrs and saints. Um, to reinterpret and transform the way that we understand these images of police brutality. Um, so I myself have a you know, personal experience being held at gunpoint by a police officer. So that experience was very uh, uh, clear in my mind as to um, the relationship between those two uh, frameworks, religious painting and liberation theology, and the way that you know, one can use um, the language of painting to transform the way that people read an image or understand something um, and to, to, to imbue a sort of power um, into people who, into figures who may be, you know, traditionally understood to be powerless. And so at the time I was heavily influenced by Dutch Baroque painters like Rembrandt, um, Italian Baroque painters, um, like Caravaggio and Spanish Baroque painters. And the way, you know, I was very taken with the way that they would uh, use these uh, these moments of suffering to portray strength and beauty. And I wanted to do the same thing for the experience of African-Americans killed by the police. Um, and so I was using imagery taken from dash cam footage um, and reinterpreting it within a Christian context. But... I realized um, about a year, a year and a half into this project, that what that the black subject doesn't have the same sort of access to the strength, um, because I felt that what I was doing by reappropriating these images and um, portraying them in an art context was really um, reinforcing a sort of lynching narrative or, you know, the iconography of a lynching in a, in a, in a way that was, you know, very personally difficult for me to portray, you know, in my studio having to sit with these images and reproduce these images. Um, but then just thinking about what this work is actually doing to the people who this work is for, 
Um, so I went into grad school wanting to make work that affirmed the value of black life and black human beings. And I wanted to, you know, use this humanistic painting tradition, um, use the language of religious painting and religious iconography to do this work. But so, but I uh, found out that this, that using painting in this way, using these images in this way was counterproductive on the one hand. And then the more that I started to critically examine humanism as a construct and as a, you know, sort of philosophy from which I was painting that, you know, the, the parameters of humanism as a sort of, you know, philosophical construct were forged by white supremacists for the purpose of creating and sustaining white supremacy. Humanism was never um, made to accommodate our blackness. You know, in many ways it was defined, it, it was used to define humanity at the exclusion of blackness. And so I just, I, I needed a paradigm shift um, to take me into a place that was black, that was affirming of blackness from the inside out, um, as opposed to just changing the imagery. Okay. Alrighty. Um. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm sorry. All I, right. I, I paused. It sounded like you you uh you were saying something earlier, so I wanted to give you give you space to ask that. Right. Right. Hmm. Do me a favor. Read out. Read out your the the read out the the. the Read out the read out the last two digits of your of your of your um of your of your number your phone number the last four digits the last two digits um seven seven yeah. okay all right all right just want to make sure make sure that I got it right we want to make sure because I I certainly did not want to make the mistake of cutting you off or, or making any particular you know making it ears or whatnot. Yeah. And the only thing about doing these kinds of things is making sure that, you know, that it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's done properly. Ah, all right. Yeah. yeah. So Congo Square, what is Congo Square? For those of us who are not from that part of the United States, what is Congo mm. Square? Yeah. Um, what is that? Congo Square, Congo Square is a lot of things at this point. Um, uh, for the purpose of the project, I'm using it more sort of mythologically. Um, it's, so the short answer to that is it's credited with being the birthplace of jazz music. Um, it was an a area in, uh, in New Orleans in the French Quarter, which has now uh, been renamed. Well, not now. It, it was re- renamed several years ago. But the the name that it goes by now is Jackson, or um, sorry, Armstrong Park. Um, so you can still visit the place where it was, um, and it still sort of functions in a similar way. Um, but in the 19th century, Congo Square was a this place within the French Quarter that, uh, on certain days of the week, I believe Saturday and Sunday, um, slaves could or slaves and African descendants could go to this area and basically uh, do their, their business. Um, so they had marketplaces in Congo square. Um, 
they had some, you know, drum circles, ritual spaces in Congo Square. They had, um, you know, certain uh, certain places of or certain like aspects of worship there. So it was a right. sort of communal living space afforded to African descendants by the French government in New Orleans. And it's, you know, fabled that it was out of this place that jazz music was born. And so the way that I use it in my MFA project is almost like a, an Afrofuturist creation myth. Um, so I understand Afrofuturism to be a multi-generational project of Afrocentric world building, that Afro-descended uh, peoples have been engaged in since our contact with the West. Um, so, you know, Congo Square is one place, but you go to look at Haiti as another place um, where African descendants uh, created a world for themselves that was more, that allowed them the, the physical and and uh, metaphysical space to live, you know, you, right. it's very hard to live as a fully fledged human being in the context of a, a, a plantation or a master house, right? or you know, the basically the the way that our being was transformed into that of chattel, chattel slavery. Um, right. So I see Afrofuturism as continuing along this uh, tradition that begins the very moment that our ancestors first stepped onto, you know, this stepped into this new context. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's what Congo Square represents to me, at least. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. So that tells, that, that gives, um, gives the audience a bit, um, more of an understanding um, when it comes to um, when it comes to this particular um, concept um, and, and whatnot, um, and what it what it symbolizes, right? Um, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. So, how does what does it mean to 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 um, to uh, to blend in Afrofuturism, um, and in particular, um, when it comes to um, making that connection um, with um, African-centered um, religious um, practices, such as what you're seeing here, mm. how are you able to do yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took a while and, and took a lot of research. Um, one of the, one of the things that I, or one of the ways that I approached it, um, was through, uh, or yeah. So two of the, two of the ways that I approached it was through hip hop music and Haitian Vodun. Um, so through, Researching uh, Afro-Western uh, religions such as Vodun and uh, Obeya and mm-hmm. Oduifa, I mm-hmm. started to 
understand that I started to weave in much, a much more intentional practice of ancestral worship and veneration. And so if one looks at uh, Congo Square, just sort of aesthetically, you'll see a lot of the artists that have you know, sort of shaped my understanding of what it means to be a black artist throughout the years. So I, I use paintings by Aaron Douglas, who was a um, modern uh, uh, African-American painter in the um, early 1900s, uh, late 1800s, early to mid-1900s, s- sort of like a patriarch of uh, Fifth University's art program. Um, and if anyone ever watched um, Princess and the Frog, a lot of his artwork was uh, used as inspiration uh, for that movie. So I use a, mm-hmm. some of his images. I use Romar Bearden's images, uh, Lois Mayu Jones, who was a, a professor at Howard University for a long time. Um, so I use their images. Right. Hello. <laughs> Uh oh. Oh, folks, looks like um, our person accidentally got dropped. So we're gonna um, we're gonna wait for this person. We're gonna wait for him to return, um, and wait for him to come back. Um, not sure what happened. Um, but it looks like um, he got he ended up being dropped. So oh, here we go. Sorry. You're back. Um, You're yeah, sorry. Back. Sorry, you got separated for a second. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. All right. You're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it briefer. Um, uh, all right. So I pay homage and and venerate the ancestors that came before me, such as the names that I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. From studying uh, African religions, I also uh, appropriated several, or appropriated and made use of several power figures um, from West Africa. Um, and I sort of limited my scope in Congo Square to West Africa. Um, so I would collect um, art, uh, artifacts, digitized artifacts, so 3D representations of African power figures from the British Museum, from Louvre. Mm-hmm. Um, right. from a few other uh, museums of uh, sort of Western uh, art museums and would re okay. would reinterpret them. So I would sample from these power figures um, almost as if, you know, they're, um, you know, they're sort of given a new life. But the in, in many uh, West African uh, cultures, so far as I understand it, um, these power figures are used as sort of um, – communal and mobile um, embodiments of sacred energies. And so I wanted each of these scenes to be sort of imbued with the sense that you're encountering a sacred presence um, and one with a decidedly African faith. So each of my um, scenes in Congo Square, with the exception of uh, the creator, which I use a a 3D representation of my own face, I use these uh, West African power figures as the, the sort of main design element in the in the I'm digital to, world. I'm about to ask. Right, I'm about to ask you about the uh, about the fact that you have this 
um, that you have uh, that that you're you're dealing with um, all kinds of, of different ways of of being able to um, of being able to express, right? And so yeah. you have. Um, well, you say it's a place, a space of confrontation. So what's being confronted? Yeah. In a word, uh, white supremacy. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Because I wanted, I wanted Congo Square to be a space Afrocentric as a source of power, beauty, and meaning. So in order to interpret the work, you have to have an understanding of West African cultures, Um you have to have an understanding of the fact that most slaves in the South came from West Africa, from Benin, from Yoruba, from Dahomey. Um, you know, you have to know, or, you know, in order to interpret the fullness of the work, you know, you have to have an understanding of who Aaron Douglas was, who uh, right. Romar Bearden is, who Louis Maya Jones is. Um, you have to have an understanding of what hip-hop is, um, as a right. as an art form and its tradition, um, you know it, it's you know in many ways you know a new, a transformed version of the blues you know and and it exists within the same continuum that gives us the blues jazz soul gospel. Um, so yeah, it's a, it, I call it a space of confrontation because for me it it was almost the feeling that I had when creating um, Congo Square was like Miles Davis, you know, turning towards the band. Um, and a lot of people, you know, I, I've read some articles about, you know, Miles Davis that talk about him turning his back on the crowd, whereas to me, you know, as someone who grew up with jazz musicians and hearing them practice and just, you know, seeing them uh, in their element, it's more so Miles Davis is making a, a conscious choice that, his performance is in the context of the people who are creating this, you know, creating this experience with him. And so for me, as an artist, I was turning my back on the tradition of Western, see, white supremacist art making and turning towards the culture that raised me. That's heavy. Very good. I like that. I like that. Thank you. And I like where that, that I like where that's coming from. I do. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. So, um, so this is what got you through, and you completed your master's degree. Um, yeah. You know, doing this. What? Um, What sticks out for you um, in terms of um, the culture? What sticks out for you? What do you what do you what do you reach out for? Mm. Um, in terms of uh, African that uh, yeah culture from the African yeah. diaspora. Yeah, yeah. And in particular. No. Yeah. And, yeah. What what yeah. sticks out for you? Right now, um, I'm really into uh, spiritual jazz. 
uh, that's been feeling feeling my spirit a lot lately. So like Cheryl Sanders and Alice Coltrane. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of go through waves of different jazz movements that I love, uh, but right now that's sort of what's uh, what's drawing me to it. Um, also, uh, Vodun. Um, so I started studying it, or you know, studying the theory about it for Congo Square. Right. Um, right. But the more that I sort of wrestle with what it is and what it does, I'm really interested in actually practicing it. Um, so I want to. I haven't been able to find any practitioners uh, where I'm at right now. Oh. Um, so hopefully right. I can find some soon. But. <laughs> Right, because I was about to ask if you, you know, if you're doing all of this work, had you run into any houses? Had you had you run into any any practitioners? Because um, you're talking about Congo Congo Square, um, and I know that they've got some they've got some active um, houses there. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not part of I'm not part of the part of the scene there, so I don't know who, who's doing what, but it, it seemed to me um, that that would make sense, maybe talk to um, talk to somebody who's who's part of you know, part of the scene there um, I don't know yeah. anybody there who's part of the scene um, but you know, the work that you seem to be going in a direction of that seems to suggest that you probably should talk to somebody who knows a bit about how, you know, how people do what they do. I don't know. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's an interesting question. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it definitely seems like uh, Vodun is, is much more of a practice-based uh, spiritual tradition, you know, less lived out in, the, in, in books and doctrine, more so in community. Um, Pretty much, so, and, yeah. and, and yeah. with, with good reason. And with, with good reason, because at one point in time, mm. it was not very safe to to um, you know to to be open about um, being a part of um, a Vodun house. Um, but you know, mm. it's not you know you, you have Vodun, but you also have um, some of the other um, you know uh, traditions as well. Um, that kind of yeah. end up um, end up floating around and whatnot. I don't know. I it, 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 every, when I go to when I go to when I go to New Orleans, it's interesting when I and I walk into some of the uh, some of the shops um, and, and, and where you can get some of the supplies um, and whatnot. Yeah. And it, it, there's an interesting kind of energy. People, some people, some uh, some people are going to be a bit more talkative than others. Um, it's yeah. it's an interesting yeah it's there's an interesting energy um, and the sense that I get is that a lot of people are not comfortable talking to people mm. or perhaps they're not comfortable with the idea of being associated um, since, yeah um, for some people um, practicing African belief systems is is a, is a no no um, and I don't know. Yeah, especially in New Orleans that has such a, you know, that is so dominated by the Catholic Church, you know. And, uh, right. Yeah, I, I grew up in a completely black Catholic church you know, where all the parishioners were, were black. 
And, yeah, I, I grew up with a fear of voodoo <laughs> from them, you know. From uh, them, so and they teach in many, teaching, teaching our people to, to, to fear our our ancestors and fear um, to fear um, belief systems that um, that are you know that brought our ancestors up. When the reality of it is, is that the folks yeah. who probably who probably should be feared are ones who think it's okay to um, to enslave human beings. Why do you think that those people? You believe that uh, that, a, that a human being should just be um, be carted across on a ship um, and dehumanized. Uh, I, think I might have a little bit more problem with you than, than somebody who practices voodoo or voodoo. I might have a problem with somebody who thinks that it's okay to, to, to put somebody in a cage. But that's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and my me goodness. Well. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, um, I think I think this 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 has this has been been, been quite knowledgeable. Um, I really don't want this to be um, the last time you come to um, this podcast, and yeah. um, so I want to invite you to come back. Um, and well, thank um, you very much. I'd be honored. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you have so much that you are doing that is so important, and we really do need to hear more um, about Congo Square. We really do need to hear more about um, African culture and the significance of African culture when it comes to Congo Square, when it comes to um, New Orleans, when it comes to black folk in New Orleans. Um, So it's not just the Catholic Church um, that folks need to be yeah. on that. Um, absolutely. Your work is important. Thank you so much for thank doing you. that. And well, thank, thank you. you. And, so and thank you for having this space. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. As I said to you before, this is a safe space. And um, please don't let this be the last time you come on um, to the, to um, you know, to, to my show. Um, and uh, more likely than not, you'll probably hear from some of my students. They'll probably send you some emails and ask you some questions and whatnot. Um, you have a lot of students. All like right. This, 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 this show. Yo, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jamil. You have been absolutely um, inspiring, informative. Thank you so much um, for coming and sharing um, your very important work with us. Um, say hello to your mom. Thank you. <laughs> and I will. Says, yes, say hello to the missus and good luck to you and, and the missus on, on starting starting a family that's beautiful, that's wonderful. I'm always happy to hear um, when you know when our people are are you know are are, are doing well. And sounds to me as though um, you you're doing very well and. You've got some blessings coming way, so keep it up. Keep going. Thank very you very good. much, Dr. Sharon. All right, all right. So, audience, um, this particular show, um, you can always come and download it. Jamil, did you have anything that you wanted to promote? You, are you doing any work lately you'd like us to know about? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a, a couple of projects right now. Um, so one thing I'm working on is an augmented reality app and VR um, public forum for Juneteenth. Um, so that'll be um, released around that time. Um, and I'm Very working good. on a series of portraits, um, drawing its name from uh, from Haitian Vodun called Moen Sevi Lua, uh, which means I serve the spirits. So I'll be some working on a series of portraits of uh, an- ancestors of the African diaspora. Um, so that'll, those are my two main projects right now. Um, and when those are done, you can find them on or find information and links to them on my website, jamillaman.com. That's uh, J-A-M-E-E-L-A-M-M-A-N.com. Excellent. Excellent. That's excellent to hear. And so, folks, please do check out um, Jamil Pollan's work. Um, he is a mover and shaker. He is a, he's um, moving up in the world. Um, and please do support um, his work. And I look forward to having you back on my show. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I look forward to returning. Absolutely, absolutely. And God bless you, sweetheart. You are absolutely, absolutely a, a rising star. Thank you so much for bringing your you. very important work here. Thank you very much. And you all who are listening, thank you for downloading and listening to our show today and listening to us talk about Congo Square and Afrofuturism as a space of confrontation. Um, and, and say hello to um, all the people, all the students and faculty, staff and administration at UDC. Um, a lot of folks love to listen to my show. And so, hey there. And please do continue to support us and con- please continue to support um, faculty um, and students who are doing um, this sort of important work, such as what we've, we're seeing Jamil Pollan do. Thank you so much. And so, with that, we're going to we're going to we're going to wish everybody a wonderful afternoon. Please be safe, folks. Please continue to wear your mask. Please continue to practice social distancing, and please continue to wash your hands. We are still living in a very infectious environment, unfortunately. So yeah. let's hope that people yeah. are going to follow the rules. All right, guys. You uh-huh. all have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Jamil. All right. Take care. All right. You too. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.